The content in this podcast is meant for mature audiences only, 18 and up, as some of it may be difficult to hear. Continuing to listen to this content releases Rest, Virginia Dixon, and Dr. Sherry Keffer from All Liability. Welcome, everyone, to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and REST, Virginia Dixon. We are picking up right where we left off last week with Dr. Sherry Keffer, the author of Intimate Deception, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Betrayal. Hi. Hey. Thanks, to be back. Yeah, it course. is good to be back. Sherry, a gripping discovery when I served as director of inner healing and spiritual formation was a consistent narrative of addiction, sexual and substance addiction in the story and in the history of every single one of our cancer patients. I don't think I saw one single patient that, in this case, intimacy was not shattered. Trust was not broken. And it just shook the faith that my patients had in themselves and people in their primary caretakers, and sometimes in every area of their life. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. makes so much sense. So the root of this subject and other addictions as well that it has on us physiologically is just, it's staggering. Yeah. Well, and you know, one thing that's different about sexual deception is it's, it's typically got a tail And so our body, our intuition picks up on the sense that something isn't right. That's right. And then it's like all engines start firing and you start feeling like something isn't right. Or maybe you find a discovery and then you know something's going on, right? Sexually, that doesn't feel right. But our body keeps us in that fight flight mode for a long time. And then it begins to wear down are immune fighters, right? And that mm-hmm. makes sense why there's like a switch inside of us in a very simple way. Um, when we go into fight or flight, our body's trying to keep us safe. It's like our brain doesn't know where the coast is clear and then we can switch that switch off again. The mm-hmm. brain doesn't go, hey, I need to turn that switch off. But what gets shut down are our cancer fighters, That's our right. immune system, like things that we need to be on all the time. But when you need to run away from a tiger, you need your legs and your heart pumping and you need those kind of things, which is what happens with betrayal. We don't need to be fighting cancer at that point. But we do need to have that on at all times, but it, it, it shuts down. And that's why so many people end up with bodily illnesses mm-hmm. yeah. that go beyond anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. because it's lasted too long. I always say, and we talk about this a lot, Natalie, that thoughts have power, words have authority. 
Yes. So the thought life and the energy, it's kinking up all these energy fields in our yeah. body. And it's really, but I want to talk about some of the thoughts that you mentioned yeah. here and yeah. dig, digging into the root cause. You talk about the wounds of omission and the wounds of commission. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about those? But let me just give an example. Yeah. And then you address the wounds of omission. I'm not lovable. I can't do that. I'm incapable. I don't need anyone. I'm fine on my own. I'm different and don't belong. I don't matter. I'm insignificant. I can't ask for what I want and what I need. Nobody cares. I'm either too much or not enough and so on and so on. How common are those? How common? How common in in those that you love and serve? Those are often a part of the clients that you work with that are struggling with cancer. It's the same with trauma in general. So the wounds of omission, these are the things that happen to us that we weren't loved. We weren't delighted in. We weren't seen. We weren't Mm -hmm. noticed. They're like the areas of neglect. Mm -hmm. They're the things that we need. Every one of us needs, but we didn't get. These can be growing up in our family of origin Mm -hmm. These can also be Mm -hmm. things that are happening in our primary relationships. Mm -hmm. The wounds of commission are the things that happen to us that shouldn't happen to anybody, right? That's the emotional, sexual abuse, physical abuse. And oftentimes we think of those things when we think of wounds or trauma. And the wounds of omission can be Mm -hmm. like a thousand cuts of a knife. It's like Mm -hmm. crawling into bed at night Mm -hmm. and not having your spouse connected to you. Like I think about how many times it happened with Connor. I got into bed and I would cry myself to sleep on the pillow because we were so detached Mm -hmm. from one another because of all the sexual acting out that was going on. But we were disconnected. That I was it was omitting connection for us as a couple. Mm -hmm. It got in the way. The wounds of commission sound something like this. I'm stupid. I'm in danger. I'm worthless. I'm not in control. I can't trust anyone. I'm dirty. I'm shameful. I can't trust my judgment. I'm helpless and I can't protect myself. I did something wrong and it's all my fault. These are wounds of commission. They're things we partake in, right? So those are things where things were committed against us Or we've committed. So like I would say 100% of Mm -hmm. those that I work with that are sexually acting out, because you talk about that Mm self-governance and how they committed against their own selves, Mm -hmm. 100% of them feel like I'm shameful, I'm dirty, I'm a terrible person, you -hmm. wouldn't love me if you really knew what I was doing, Mm -hmm. right? All those lies get wired in, in the sexual acting out, Mm -hmm. the shame, Mm -hmm. Right that cause a division, but those are wounds of commission. They're acting out, but they're, those lies get wired into them as they're acting out. And that's yeah. underneath. That's, and they don't really want you to smell it on them, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the deception. They don't want you to get close enough to know what they're actually doing during the day because they do feel like I'm a, I'm a monster. I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible. Now, those of us that maybe grew up with sexual abuse, would feel like I'm shameful, I'm dirty, 
even though you're not the one that acted out, mm-hmm. you were acted out upon. But that lie, that negative belief, right? Our brain, our selfish brain, mm-hmm. <laughs> the most selfish organ of the body is trying to protect you from being hurt again, but it wires in that lie. And part of my job and your job, Virginia, we work in very much the same way, is ha- helping your mind change its mind That's right. about those negative beliefs. So like when I'm doing EMDR... I'm helping someone who believes like I'm not enough. Like for me with Connor, I had that. I'm not enough. I'm wanting to move them towards I am enough. Mm -hmm. The truth is it had nothing to do with you. You could have been Miss America and that would have probably still happened. It would have still happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I can't trust anyone. I had what I call the deadly duo. I had, I can't trust anyone and I can't trust my judgment. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That felt good. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're very empathetic. Yeah. I love that because it's true. It is. I, I got hogtied because those two lies got wired in and I couldn't trust my mm-hmm. judgment. It kept me single again. You're at a stalemate. For 17 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Right. Because I was so afraid to trust and I didn't even trust myself because how could I have not have seen all that I didn't see. Which I want to say, you have an amazing husband. I do. I have and a kinsman redeemer. So to give you guys hope, I just want you guys to know, Virginia's <laughs> met my kinsman redeemer, yes. Kyle. And um, that man was vetted during our dating process. Poor guy. But uh, <laughs> I think vetting's okay. But uh, honestly, there is life after this. I, I yeah, there can, is. Part of the hard part of being a therapist is I've got all these amazing stories that I just want to tell. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody's story that I can't tell because I'm supposed to keep things confidential. Right. But I'm wanting you to know, uh, I have a couple that I've invited to talk about their success because they did everything they need to, and they are walking in freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a man who's found his freedom and living in truth now. He has now found his freedom. He has a story, and I won't go into details, so you can't recognize these folks, but he had a very abusive mom, and she was abusive, and at the same time, she would glom onto him. She needed him like for her survival. He he was his teddy bear and punching bag. Mm. So his whole world about how to attach to women was Mm. messed up. And so it's no wonder he comes into a marriage He's not able to attach well. He's found porn early on. That's his mm-hmm. blankie, passy, mm-hmm. binky, yeah. right? That's what he goes to. Mm-hmm. But he really didn't know how to be real and vulnerable. And she came from some trauma too. This was a case, trauma squared, right? And so they both walked in and weren't connected, but they have, they've done the hard work. And I was just talking to them recently and they're like, we're building um, new memories. We're building memories where we're both feeling connected like we've never connected before. And the only reason I tell you guys that, this is not, newsflash, this is not a spiritual bandage. <laughs> this is not a quick fix thing. No. It is tremendous hard work. He's gone in and done some of the healing yeah. around his mom. He did some EMDR around all that. He's gotten sober. He got into recovery group. He's done a full disclosure. They've gotten honest. Uh, he was willing to do a polygraph. They are walking in a new way. In truth. In truth. Yeah. And they are free Through people. Honesty. Okay. I know we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so how can a man and a woman that find themselves in this situation 
whichever the perpetrator is, in this case, let's just say, because you said in your in chapter nine, how can he help you heal? Right. You talk about mechanic versus medic. Yeah. Do you want to look at the book? Yeah. And well, see if what's really funny is this whole concept of the medic and the mechanic. Okay. When hurtful, bad things happen, none of us like how it feels really in our deepest heart of hearts when we see somebody bleeding out because of something that we've done. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes the one who's betrayed doesn't want the one who's been betrayed to be in pain. And, and so they go into fixing mode, mm-hmm. kind of like a mechanic. They want to fix it yeah. so that they don't have to feel their feelings about the hurt they cause with the one that's bleeding out. Mm-hmm. So in my chapter, How We Can Help Her Heal, I contrast the difference between the mechanic, who's the fix-it person, or the medic, like a, a medic, like an army medic that would go in and realize that the army medic is the one that actually threw the grenade in, in the foxhole where you were and all your family. And he's not there to fix it. He's there to listen and take ownership mm-hmm. um, and understand that trauma takes time to heal. Let me give you some phrases that a mechanic might say. You know, he basically fails to hear the pain uh, and fails to listen about how that situation hurt her deeply. I'm going to use male, female pronouns, but if it's the other way around, just switch that in your mind. He tell her, tells her to hurry up and heal, right? Mm-hmm. He avoids her pain, hoping it'll go away over time. Yeah. You know, that never helps thing. Um, tells her she needs to stop feeling what she's feeling. Uh, he belittles and blames her. A lot of times gaslighting happens mm-hmm. where they're trying to hide what they did. And so they say something about you. My, Connor did this to me when I was frustrated and we were in counseling about how he wasn't pursuing me emotionally, physically, intimately, and like even pulling away when I tried to kiss him. And he said, Sherry, it's because of two things. He said, One, when you're talking, you talk with your hands, and it bothers me. The second thing you do is when you're on the phone and you're talking to someone, you make this ticking noise when you're talking, and that bugs me. And that's why I'm not getting close to you. Now, you know what that is? Gaslighting. Mm -hmm. He put on me something. So what did I do? I didn't know that. What was I doing? I'm sitting on my hands. I'm sitting on that in that counseling session. I'm starting to sit on my hands so I don't use them when I talk. Well, anybody who watched this probably saw me talk with my hands. It's yeah. just natural. But that's gaslighting. So those kind of behaviors can happen where the medic is very different. Basically, he listens to how she's been hurt. And he doesn't try to resolve it. He basically takes ownership. And it sounds like this. I know I've hurt you. I've hurt you so deeply. And I'm not sure if and when you'll ever be able to trust me again. When I a person, want to be trustworthy. Yeah, and when a man can do that, he's also giving his spouse or his partner an opportunity to heal with him. Yes. To heal with him. Yes. It's all redemptive. And I had a question about it too. What is it when the medic and mechanic are the same person. They're doing this both. Well, they are. I think they all are the same person, but you want 
you want to weigh, like, how can he help you heal? I think people intuitively will do both of those things. That's been my observation in counseling. Yeah, yeah. The medic and the mechanic are sometimes the same people, but it gives a man something to work towards. Yes. Yeah, so okay. That's what this Don't graph I think is for. know how to provide empathy. Mm-hmm. They yeah. haven't been given it. They didn't learn it. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They can fly an airplane mm-hmm. and not know how to care for somebody's heart because they never learned how themselves. That's so right. another phrase is, to acknowledge your pain, I go, hey, guys, this is a great one. What do you need from me? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. What do you need from me? Tell me how I've hurt you. Owns what he's done, right? And takes responsibility and says, I can see you're hurting from what I've done. I own that. But I want to assure you that I'm not doing whatever now. Like giving mm-hmm. her some peace. If that's true. Now, don't do it if you are not being honest about that, right? Because you don't want to lie more. You want to assure her a peace if there's peace there to be had. But that's, it's a whole different, it's having empathy and care around her heart. And I think a lot of times the guys feel like if they admit that they did it, like, I know I hurt you, that they think they're going to pour kerosene on a fire. Like, no, it doesn't. It's the opposite happens. It's like, it's very <laughs> validating. Helps it helps us. You're not pouring kerosene. You're just acknowledging what is, what is true. And you could say that over and over and over again in an authentic way when she's really hurting or if she's mm-hmm. triggered, instead of getting mad at her because mm-hmm. she's triggered and she's mad at you, mm-hmm. just, I know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I hurt you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's right. I want to talk about something I read in chapter 14 that I thought was gripping. Porn changes how people treat people. I don't know if you said it or I wrote it. I said it. You said it? Yeah. And I I wrote it. It really stood out. Yeah. Yeah. Because this includes all of us. Yeah. Porn does change the, the way people see people. And I've the reason I've even inked it in my book is because, not because I've wanted to, but because I've had to understand this whole dark world that as I've gone on to porn sites to get an understanding of the breadth and depth of what's going on, there are horrific, demoralizing, I don't even have the words to express the behaviors that are being emulated on hundreds and thousands of videos. Well, I can tell you that it's the normal sex life of girls between the ages of 16 to 24. The things I've heard behind closed doors of what normal sexual activity is, it's absolutely appalling. It's, and it's by horrible. the way, there's a correlation between that and the horrific stories we're hearing with sex trafficking and what's happening in the halls of our government and how the veil is pierced now. The truth is out. What we're seeing disclosed in political spheres of influence is disgusting. And it is the full breath of what you saw. Yeah. It's It's leaking. I guess I want to say the reality of the implications of this porn saturated generation. And that being transposed onto... Flesh and blood, blood people as their influence, our leaders. That that's sexual our schools. That's right? sexual entitlement. That's yeah. right. 
There are people that know are in places of influence that use people in a very sexually entitled way. But it's become so vile and so disgusting. I know. And so obvious and so evident and so tolerated that I think it's just reaching a level that is going to be life-giving because we cannot rationalize what's happening. Yeah. The thing that I think is perhaps the most gratifying about this conversation and evidence of the consequence of this leaking into all these fears of life is that we can have honest conversations finally Mm -hmm. about something that was in hiding. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about your book, Sherry. You're so brave to do that, Virginia. You're brave to invite me on here. You're brave to put this out on the air. You're brave Mm -hmm. to get us to just, instead of not saying anything, Mm -hmm. like sheep, you know, just like we're standing up Mm -hmm. to saying this isn't okay. And it's affecting all of us. It is. Well, and I think that people are drowning because no one is talking about it. They're all experiencing it. Majority of people experience things like this, especially nowadays, you know, with the way technology is. But but the fact that no one is talking about it for Mm -hmm. fear of judgment, for fear of backlash, for fear of whatever... That that's why people are drowning. That's why it is still. That's yeah. why it's a, as big of a pandemic as it is. It, yeah. It's a pandemic, right? Oh, yeah, it's pandemic. pandemic. But I think the reason that it's so vile is I think there is a huge spiritual constitution to this, mm. and it's not being talked about. Yeah. And I've invited you to discuss this with me in the future. Yeah, but I've been dealing with that facet of trauma as it relates to sexual infringement trauma. The consequence, by the way, of a porn-saturated culture in ways that I can't explain to you right now. It's too much to get into. But the spiritual implications of this, when we discuss it, I think are going to be so enlightening for people that feel alone and ashamed and betrayed and feel frankly crazy. Yeah. And they're not. So Sherry, well, I think when you realize there's an enemy behind who we think our spouse, if our spouse is acting out or someone we love, we think they're the enemy, but there's really an enemy behind the enemy. There's darkness. Yeah. Yeah. darkness. And I'm not saying that that person isn't responsible for their choices. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is there is a, a dark spiritual forces that are laughing mm-hmm. at how much pain yeah. They're imposing in mm-hmm. a sexual way. When I look at all the stuff on Absolutely. the porn and I see this the dehumanization of a human soul, if I think about, you know, what they're saying, what they're thinking, and how they're just cackling. What's the book? Screwtape Letters. Letters. Yeah. C.S. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Wow. That he kind of had a little window into the soul and how screw tape in that book, it's like, you know, it kind of personifies darkness. And, and, and so I kind of see it that way after I read his book and going, they're, they're kind of mocking and mm-hmm. laughing at this human realm because we have so much power in the heavenly, so much power in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And um, Well, I'll tell you, I have people that aren't believers that are experiencing the measure of darkness that is upon us and they just want to be free. Yeah. So I think we have an amazing opportunity to have an honest discussion about the darkness 
behind this yeah. without compromise that I think is going to be significant and it's necessary. So yeah. I can't wait to talk to you about that. Yeah. I love it. There can't be darkness in light. Intimate so, deception, healing the wounds of sexual betrayal. Yeah. And I, I, if you are, have heard our three part series and you, if you find yourself in this place and you feel like you don't have a roadmap, you don't have, uh, encouragement, you don't have others that get you, but want to help you not only get you, but want to help you heal. Um, I have a brave one community. Um, it's for women who have been betrayed and I provide that road roadmap. It's called the brave one journey. And I will take you through the steps on how to move from that place of devastation into more of a healing and whole place. I would love to give you a, a month free and your listeners can get that by Thank going you. to braveone.com forward slash rest, R-E-S-T. It's B-R-A-V-E-O-N-E.com forward slash rest. And then you just have to put in a little coupon code, which is rest, R-E-S-T. And my hope would be to help your folks come into a new place of rest by establishing authority over chaos. That's right. <laughs> rest, of this. peace, and freedom. Yeah. Yes. Right? I love it. For everybody. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thanks, Thanks Natalie. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. If you'd like more information about Dr. Keffer or to get in touch, please visit her website, braveone.com or her Instagram at Dr. Sherry Keffer. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. <laughs>